TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Nick Monagle here with you on the fan, 877-337-6666. Got you for another three hours. Fliegelman on the other side. It's the two of us and you. Let's go. Let's get used to it. It's feeling good. I'm starting to really get in the rhythm, although I'm hoping I don't have to do four, five-hour shifts in a row very often with no games being played. Baptism by fire. That's okay. Into the, you know... Out the frying pan into the what does it say? Out of the fire into the fry, out of the frying pan into the fire. There you go. I should know that. The good news is I don't think I can't remember ever having a week like this with the four or five hour shows mm-hmm. outside of the last couple of years during All Star Week. Right. That's it. So now listen again. Baptism by fire. I'm right. Ready to go. And I should know that because it's a, a. I'm pretty sure it's a chapter in in, in Lord of the Rings. So I should know it. That phrase. But yeah, so maybe every hour I'll give you another thing about me. Lord of the Rings. I talked about this briefly because um, it, it was this month 20 years ago. My my father passed away on the 7th. So it's been 20 years uh, since my father passed away. And so many, so many of my passions in life come from him. Uh, obviously sports, the Yankees, the Giants. I mean, this is the biggest one because it's been my career. Uh, that I, a path I chose to go down from for my you know for my living and to provide for my family, so I owe him a great deal of thanks for that. But then there's little subtle ones: Lord of the Rings, the Beatles. Um, he used to read. We used to we lived a couple of blocks away from my grandparents when I was younger, and they had a pool, and we would walk to the pool in the summertime, and he would I would be on his shoulders, and he would be reading uh, The Hobbit to me as we walked, or telling me the story. Sometimes reading the book, so. I've gotten into all that because of him. The Beatles, which is a huge passion in my life, and Paul McCartney, which, by the way, I don't, I feel comfortable. I was thinking about this too, Mike. I, I feel somewhat comfortable saying this because Sal did it with, with Paul, not you, I don't think at least. He wanted Matt Ryan on and offered him money. To, if he got Matt Ryan on, he would pay him money. If you ever can figure out a way to get, I know this is crazy. I'm even stupid for saying it. But if either Paul McCartney or Kiefer Sutherland ever get on this show, you are going to have one hell of a weekend. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know how you pull it off, but I'm just saying, if Paul, if you're listening, driving through Manhattan for some reason, if you call on the show, the gentleman on the other side there is going to have one hell of a weekend. Listen, Paul at least does some media. Like he, yeah. he does more than you would think. He, yeah. it seems like he genuinely enjoys it. Even talking about you think the come, old Beatles stuff that it, people, ah, you know, do we really want to ask him about that? It right. seems he actually enjoys it. Yeah, Kiefer maybe too. You just don't see him pop up as much. But yeah. listen, I could sit here for five hours listening to you get twenty four <laughs> stories out of him. Yeah, oh no doubt. Were you a twenty four guy too? Huge. My, oh, my really? Not, not that I think it's the Look best show ever. Yeah, my favorite television drama of all time. Cor- I. You put it exactly how I would put it. I don't, I couldn't, I can't tell you it's the greatest show of all time with the greatest acting and the greatest writing and everything was perfect, but I've never got into a show more. I've never enjoyed watching a TV show. And I would, I, for me, I, I, the two greatest 
characters in TV history for me. And they're both like kind of the anti-hero. It's Tony Soprano and Jack Bauer. Those are my two favorite television characters of all time. I, I love Jack Bauer. I did not get that from my father. That's a passion I just figured out all by myself. But I uh, love 24. And yeah, I don't know if Paul would come on at 3 o'clock in the morning the next time he puts out a children's book. But if he's if he's doing press on a children's book, that's the kind of could, that's the kind of guest you'd come pre-tape for. Yes, oh yeah, that will, of course I would. You know, I would do it. You know, I would drive to anywhere in the country to do it if he was willing to meet me. If he was in Atlanta for a weekend, he told me he only do it in person. I'll figure out a way to get there. Um, but yes, big Beatles guy, uh, big uh, Lord of the Rings guy, big different things. Like I have a lot of passions. Um, love watching movie trailers. We've talked about that, and again passion for uh love my kids i also love you know ducking from them ducking out every once in a while into the bathroom just to hide from them for five minutes and do things that's our daddy what are you doing on still doing on the potty segment which we'll get to because i happened to watch something today and it was awesome and i'm pumped to watch more of it so we'll get to that so there's a little tidbit about me i also here's here's one i've uh, there is a another music thing that I've come to a just an absolute fact on. I've listened to this song. I've tried to be fair about it because I made the statement like two weeks ago. And I've been thinking about it, whether it's fair or not, because people have come out with other options for me. So I've listened to every song, and I'm just convinced. The greatest power ballad. Now, that's a very specific genre of music. I mean, a, a specific thing. So a lot of gr great songs don't qualify for this. But... For me, it dawned on me about two weeks ago. I heard the song and I said, it's it. There's no there's no one better. And then people came up with options. I listened to them. I thought long and hard about it. But for me, the quintessential, it fits the category perfectly. It's, it's a phenomenal song. The greatest power ballad of all time is Please Forgive Me by Brian Adams. I'm just, I'm convinced. It hits every checkbox of what a power ballad should be. It's perfect. I was listening to it again in the car. So take. I, I also, every once in a while, try and tell you what the best of things are, and that is the best power ballad of all time. You can't argue it. Brian Adams, please forgive me. So take that. Write that down. Put it in a box. Bring it out at parties. Liam in Houston. What's up, Liam? Hey, congrats on the show. Oh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. So uh, if uh, Sean Casey and Aaron Boone were once upon a time teammates, is that correct? That correct. is absolutely correct. Yes, they both played in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, with the Reds. Yep. Uh, I think maybe even Griffey was there. I don't know. I can't recall. But uh, in any, any, Yeah, maybe for a time, yeah. In any event, uh, you know, listening to uh, – uh, I'm a Mets fan, but – Listening to Sean Casey was kind of refreshing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's only he's only he's only hitting coach, saying that in in Yankee Land it's World Series or bust. Yeah, I think I think um, Cashman and Hank got to get that message too because they're kind of like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll make the playoffs. So no, I see. I, I disagree. I think they say it's World Series or bust. They just they're well, uh, they they just no. They'll still call the season a failure. They will. Here's the problem. Here's the issue because you're 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 the vein of what you're saying has some truth into it. I'm not trying to be a complete Cashman defender. The what you're I mean, saying, Hal said that himself is like. Well, he said he's yeah he he's the playoffs and any anything can happen. Yes, it's not like we got like you no. Know, they like, believe in that. That I you see now. Here's what I'm saying. They do believe in the idea of get to the playoffs and anything can happen. A little bit. They believe their process is good. They believe that if you get to the playoffs, you're a good enough team to win it. And it's they believe in what Derek Jeter said. We all love Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter said the best teams get there, the hottest teams win. They believe that, all right? That doesn't mean that they're okay with losing. It doesn't mean the goal isn't winning. It doesn't mean that they don't consider not winning the World Series, you know, a, a, a failure on some level. But they believe that if you win 99 games and win the division, that your process is good enough to win, you just didn't. And I, so in I, some I, ways what you're saying is true, but I don't think it's as basic as – you know they they no longer deem the World Series the goal. I still think they do. I just think they understand, or at least they think 
that there's no way to guarantee that. And if you win 99 games and win a division and score the most runs in baseball, and then you get beat by the team that goes on to win the championship, that ultimately you're not a failure with your process. You just didn't win that series. And that's not good enough for Yankee fans. I agree with you, and I agree with the premise. But to come, you know, it's not a good look to say, "Yeah, well, whatever happens, you know, not whatever happens, but we can make it to the playoffs and anything happens." You should really be coming out and saying, "Yeah, it's, it's World Series." You know, this is the Yankees. They have 27, 28 championships. Yeah. They, 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 they listen, and Brian Cashman still does. Like they still, uh, he still says that. He still says he knows what the the goal is, and everything else is a failure. Brian Cashman will still say that. He just won't tell you he's done a terrible job, and sometimes that. You know, you want to hear that. You want the blood. But what other general manager in sports, I know the Yankees are different, but what other general manager in all of sports would win a division that had, you could argue, was the toughest division in the sport, had three playoff teams in it, win that division, win 99 games, be one of the final four teams, and then tell you everything we do is wrong? That's what you want to hear. Everything we do is wrong when he just won the division made it to the ALCS, and lost to the team that went on to win the World Series. No other GM in sports would get to that point in their sport and then tell you everything they did was wrong. I like to use the example of the Buffalo Bills. Now, I know the Buffalo Bills, the New York Yankees, it's different. It is. Football has a cap. They just have a luxury tax. It's not the perfect example, but I'm just saying the Buffalo Bills have been a team now with Josh Allen. They've been an excellent team. They've been very good. They've won their division. They've been, uh, you know, uh, one of the better teams in the AFC. They've had better regular seasons than most. They're constantly in the playoffs. They can't get over the Kansas City Chiefs. They can't. They played bad in the playoff game against Miami. They lose to Cincinnati. They lose to Kansas City. They keep getting to the same point and can't get over. Does the GM of the Buffalo Bills come out and say everything we do is wrong? Like, every, not, I'm not saying I'm not expecting them to come out and say, "Well, we didn't win the World Series, the Super Bowl. It's a failure." The step below it, where everything we do is we need to rethink everything we do because we can't get past Kansas City. We need to rethink everything we do because we haven't gotten to a Super Bowl. We need to rethink every process we do. Every decision I made has been wrong. Everything we do is wrong. Our process is wrong. Everything's a failure. Nothing we do is right because we can't get over the hump. No matter how good we are in the regular season, no matter how many division titles we have, no matter how many times we get into the postseason, we haven't gotten over the hump. We haven't beaten Patrick Mahomes and the the Kansas City Chiefs. We haven't been able to do that. So we, everything we do is wrong. No other GM is going to say that. And I don't know why anyone expects Brian Cashman to say that. He'll say, we didn't win the World Series, it's not good enough. But he's not going to tell you everything we do is wrong when they win a division and get to the ALCS. That's all. He won't go that far. That's what you want. I get it. I get it. And it's frustrating to watch them get to this point against the Astros and play the same and watch the same type of game where the offense can't score runs and they strike out 16 times in the game. I get it. It's extremely frustrating. I'm frustrated too. And again, if they fire Brian Cashman tomorrow, bye. I hope the next guy does as good a job, you know, for for the most part, but I hope he does a better job. But see, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not some Cashman lover. I get so many tweets. I'm not. I, I'm not in love with him. I don't think he's the best GM in baseball necessarily. I don't think he has to be here, or there's, or things will fall apart. Goodbye. If he gets fired, goodbye. See ya. The next guy better do a better job. But I understand why he's not going to come out and you know fall on the sword for you after he just went to the ALCS because no one else would. No one else would. Yes. Didn't win the World Series, not good enough. But we suck, and every decision I make sucks, and every process I have sucks because I, because I lost in the ALCS. That's not how they think. That's not how the rest of baseball thinks. Nobody, nobody in baseball thinks Brian Brian Cashman's a terrible GM. Nobody. You do. The Yankee fan does. Who's frustrated because they haven't been to the World Series since '09? But no other, no other, no one around baseball thinks that the worst GM in, in baseball resides with the team that's been in the playoffs every year since 2017 and has been to three ALCSs since then. Nobody else in baseball thinks that's the worst GM in baseball. I get why you do, and I'm frustrated by him too. But just pointing out these realities makes me some sort of Yankee shill. That's the problem. 
Michael in Staten Island. What's up, Mike? Hey, how do you doing, man? Good. How are What's you? Great, thanks. Great, thanks. I hear you t- hitting on a whole wide variety of subjects over here. I'd like to hit on three of them real quick, and then, and then uh, you can let me go there. First one is uh, tradition in baseball. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm Yankees. It seems like we're losing that tradition in, in the sport. I, you, know, I, I'm, you know, I was okay with the pitch clock. You know, and he would speed yeah. up the games. But you see, it, 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 uh, speeded up games take the suspense out of baseball for me. I really didn't um, mind a three-and-a-half, four-hour games. As long as it was entertaining, there was a lot well, of that's drama. The thing. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know if it's taken out the drama for me. I think we're used to it by now. Uh, they are talking about, a, a, you know, maybe maybe giving it a couple more seconds to the pitch clock in the postseason. Yes, that would be great for both sides. Well, I mean, I guess, because I understand. I, I think I think you're wrong The uh, in some aspects. I think you're right in others. I think the four-hour game Yankees-Royals on June 17th, is is no fun. I'm sorry. It doesn't build excitement. It's the same stuff that makes, but the same stuff that makes that game boring is what makes that game exciting in 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 October. That I give you. Like the 14 pitch, at, the 12 pitch at bat. 14 is a bit much, but let's say the 10 pitch at bat in a postseason game where it's foul ball and it's, you build up to the next pitch. Oh, and it's three and two, and he fouls another one off, and it's the build up to the next pitch. In a game in June, it's like, geez, just put the ball in play already. But in the postseason. It, it's a game of anticipation and it builds drama, but yeah, yeah. you're still getting yeah, the like, same amount of baseball. Though I, I don't think it makes baseball more exciting to have the batter step up, go for a walk, put on his batting gloves three times, spit, whistle, dig his feet into the ground, and it's 57 seconds before the next pitch. I don't think that builds excitement. I think. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That that part I totally. Well, agree that's with well, that's you. what we've. That's what they've tried to eliminate. Walking around. Walking around up the batter circle, they want to they want to take this off. They want to uh, who who was that? They called it human rain delay. Steve Traxel, uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that 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 that. I mean, okay, there. I, I totally agree with you with that. Now, 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 now the next subject we talk about Saquon and running backs and all. Uh, running, you, and, you, and you hit on it. And a lot of other callers hit on it as well. Running backs are getting a bad rap. When are the running backs in the NFL going to stand and say, hey, listen, we're taking most of the hits, we're taking yeah. most of the brunts, you know, blocking, blocking. They you know, are. They're saving, they're saving our quarterbacks, getting getting smashed by 350-pound defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, 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 has to, there has to be some sort of give there with the owners. Hey, listen, we recognize your contribution to the team and the league and, 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 and the history of the league. Mm-hmm. Take care of the guys a little bit better. They have a short career. I, I I I get it. Listen, it's still it's still good money, but the problem is, unfortunately for them, there's it's it's a position that a lot of guys can do. Like it's not yeah. as you don't have to like. It's just the difference between Saquon Barkley and his backup isn't the same as you know, a, a, um, Andrew Thomas and his backup. It's just it's not the same thing. I mean, it's unfortunate, but a lot of guys can come in, run the football, make people miss a little bit, pick up the blitz. Like it's it sucks. I don't disagree with you that they put that they get hit more than, than just about more than anybody. They carry the ball. They're important. They do a lot of the dirty work. All of that I agree with. But unfortunately, but even with the handful of guys who are great, the other thing is like a lot of guys can do it. And and also when. Give me the team that's won a Super Bowl where their best player was their running back. I mean, you have to you, their best offense. You have to go back to like I don't, the well, you know Peyton with the with the eighty five Bears. Like I mean, it's he, I, he, I mean, you know something. I was I was just thinking about the eighty five Bears with Peyton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean that that's wow. about that's the that's probably the that's probably the last time that like yeah. the, the running back was the premier player. Jeez. I mean, you you want to say you know um, Davis. Even though Elway was the quarterback, he was the best player on that offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was the integral part of that team. Oh, so yes. maybe you wow, can go, th- maybe you can go there. But for the most part, I mean, mm-hmm. you look up and down. Barry Sanders was the best running back in the league. Never, n- never did anything. N- never won anything. Uh, right. You know, I you mean, so many. I mean, Emmett, Emmett well. You could argue Emmett Smith, but Emmett Smith also had Troy Aikman, a Hall of Famer. Had Michael Irving, the Hall of Famer. Had the best offensive line, arguably in football history. I mean, the great running backs. They don't, you know, Adrian Peterson. The these guys oh, yes, don't yes. win. These they just they don't win. So it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Your best players have to be quarterback. Uh, the you want to play the quarterback position and attack the quarterback position. So you're looking at and protect the quarterback position. So it's 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 left tackles. It's quarterbacks. It's guys who get after the quarterback. It's cornerbacks like those who got those are the guys who are the fundamental staples of your team that you need to function. Running back, you can plug in a guy and still function. 
So it's just, it's the way it is, unfortunately. Okay, and one, one last thing. One last yes. Thing. Okay, you're talking about power ballots with Brian Adams? Yeah. I would go with, I would go with Summer of 69. Well, I don't know if that's a power ballad, though. Uh, it's a great song, and you can, and no question, you can make it his best song. I would not argue with you if you tell me Summer '69 is his best song. I I happen to really like, <laughs> you know, obviously I'm having some fun. I, I I really love Please Forgive Me. I just happen to love the song. I even think you could say um, everything I do, I do, uh, you know, I do it for you uh, off the Prince of Thieves uh, movie soundtrack. It could be his best song or a better power ballad. But this, please forgive me. There's something about it, right? Heaven is a, another great song, or uh, coming straight from the heart. I like Brian Adams. I happen to like Brian Adams. But I heard it the other day for the first time in forever. When I was a kid, I remember the video. It's like him in the home recording studio with his Labrador running around. Like I remember the video. I remember the song. And I happened to just like be going through my uh, my Amazon Music, whatever I was listening to on my phone, and it came up. And I was just like, that song kicks ass, man. And I was listening to it. And I was thinking, like, for me, power ballads, for whatever reason, I think November Rain is a great power ballad. I also think um, I Would Do Anything for Love. Meatloaf is a great power ballad. A little long if you listen to the long version, but I, I think it's it's an amazing song. Um, there's a lot of great power ballads, but it just, the the difference in the the soft part of the Please Forgive Me into the the... So if you're feeling lonely, don't. Oh, just it's an excellent song. Happens to be just I I think it it suits the power ballad perfectly. Let's think what Joe in Westbrook, Connecticut, has to say on it. What's up, Joe? Hi, how you doing? Good morning. Good. I, how are I, you? Especially uh, good. Thank you. I just respectfully disagree with you. I think a power ballad has to have power. In it. Bon Jovi is a master of doing a power ballad. Yep. Like and the Roses or I'll Be There for You. Slaughter does like like the Angels. Uh, you did come back and mention Heaven by Brian Adams. Now, that's a power ballad, but please forgive me uh, it, it's not a power ballad. Oh, no. P- please forgive me. Oh, no, it's not. Please forgive me has power in it. What are you, nuts? There's no Marshall stack. If there's no Marshall stack or guitar with distortion in it, then it's not a power ballad. Like Carrie from Europe. Yeah. Carrie. It has to have guitar like Marshall Stack in it. Some no, see, I did, it doesn't have to have great... It does have guitar in it, by the way. Not Marshall Stack. I, I don't... I, no, I, I'm sorry. It has it has him scream singing. It's power. No, I, I'm sorry. I totally... I, you want listen to... Listen to me, Joe. You want to argue that I'm wrong, that's fine, but you don't disqualify it from the category. I will not have it. I will not have it. No, you're absolutely... You have no idea what you're talking about, Joe. You have no idea. You want to give me, uh, you gave me a couple of good examples, but you can't tell me that it's disqualified from the category. Erroneous. Erroneous. It is a power ballad, my my friend, without question. Dwight in Brooklyn. What's up, Dwight? Yes, how you doing? Uh, good, how are you? Cars, all right. Listen, first of all, um, <clears throat> The guys, you said uh, most teams don't win without a running back, but I think uh, the Rams, um, Marshall Falk, I think he was the best player on that team because he rushed for a thousand, eight quarters for a thousand. Kurt Warner was an MVP and a Hall of Famer, and they had the greatest show on turf. He was listen. He was a yeah. great. He was a great player, but they had Torrey Holt. They had they had a lot of other things. Yeah, he wasn't did, the he wasn't the guy. Great player. Don't you're right. It was great player. Great yeah, player. But I mean it was it was more than that. You did you know, I'm talking about where he's the clear cut guy, where you don't have okay. a Hall of Fame quarterback with him. Like you're the guy, like Adrian yeah. Peterson or you yeah. know, Barry Sanders. But listen, out of fifty seven Super Bowls, I would say eighty percent of them had a thousand yard running back. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, I'm I mean yeah, because they that. had a well balanced team, but they didn't have the guy. Like I'm talking about you know, to I, to mention his name, uh, O.J. Simpson, who, who was the you know yeah, for the yeah. for the well, bill or you know, like who are the ca- who, yeah, more. like right, like like Derrick Henry, like where he is the guy. The offense yeah. runs through him. He's the guy. Those yeah, guys don't no win. More, not no more. Those not guys no don't more, win. Not no more. Yeah, they used to. Not no more. But when mm-hmm. I was a kid, like Donka, every every Super Bowl MVP when I was a kid was a running back. Right, Marcus Allen, sure. Donka. John Riggins, they always the MVP. They don't do that no more because passing no. is the main part of the game now. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, it, but the reference to the Yankees. 
since 2017. I, I mean, I know Brian Cashman is an excellent GM. I like him, too, because like you said, they always win. But it, when they come to the playoffs, it's the same thing. Yep, they that is fair. Hit. 100% it's, it's, true. It's, 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 I, I know, but I can see it. I know he can see it. And it seems like to me he's trying to improve the team without spending money. Like he has something to prove to Tampa Bay that he can improve the team without spending any money. No. Get some hitters. I, I can't understand I don't, I, I really, I don't think that's it either. I mean, they, they don't spend as much money as they could or even should. Exactly. That, that's okay. fair. But I, I don't think he's trying. I don't think he's. I don't think he's trying to do it cheap necessarily. I mean, since let's just go, let's go, let's go through since 2007. Well, here's the thing too. He thought he was going to have to pay guys. He never had to pay. He thought he was going to have to pay Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, if Gary Sanchez's career continued on the path it was in on 17, well, not only that, but he would have to pay him an enormous contract. If he was a catcher okay. hitting 30 home runs every year, it's an enormous contract. You'd have to Looks give him like money. You were going to have to give, you know, Greg Bird looked like you were going to have to give him. Like, they thought yeah, they, they thought did. they had a, a team that they were going to have to pay money to. A so, yes. So, at that point, yeah, yeah. and they, Gleyber Torres hits 38 home runs in a season. They thought they were on their way to having to keep a core together. And so, they yeah, they passed on Machado. They passed on Harper. Mistakes moving. Yeah. But let's just go through 17. They, they bring in the Stanton money. Via trade, so yeah. they they weren't afraid yeah. to spend money there. They give Cole yeah. as big a contract as any pitcher has in, okay. at, at time yeah. in baseball. Yeah. They just yeah. gave the you know they just gave Judge the highest contract in the history of baseball. So yeah. I mean, but, I, but all I'm saying is this: if they wanted to, the one of them years they could have signed Harper, they could have yes. signed Machado, and yes. they would have basically almost guaranteed it. I'm just saying, no, again, no. That. See, now that's what I disagree because a lot of the the Padres have Juan Soto. Uh, Fernando Tatis and Machado, and they're under 500. So don't tell me that bringing in Machado guarantees you anything. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does not. And that's what the Yankees. That's what the Yankees try and tell you, and you don't want to hear. And it's you know, it doesn't guarantee them championships spending that money. So they don't think they they necessarily should, and they watch other teams not spend it. And the more they spend, the more money goes into the pockets of their opponent that are beating them with less money. That's part of it too. The luxury tax, the money they spend over the luxury tax goes into the pocket to help build the, the Tampa Bay Rays who beat them. So I, I could understand the thought process is why am I spending all this money? It doesn't guarantee me victories. I had the highest payroll for how long, and we didn't win a championship since 2009. And I've, how many of those years did I have the highest payroll and spend all this money? And now the money I go over this luxury tax goes in the pockets of the teams that are beating me? Now that's an indictment on Brian Cashman as well as the the realities of baseball. They should spend more money. If you look at the if you look at how much their profits have gone up, their percentage of money made now 2020 throws a wrinkle in it, not as big a wrinkle as the Yankees like to tell you it, it threw in there, but it does the idea they didn't have a season and that didn't have fans for a year. But the, if you look at the amount of money they're making compared to the amount of the percentage of money they're spending, they their 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 profits have gone up at a higher rate than their spending has gone up. There's no question about it. They should spend more money. There's no doubt in my mind. It doesn't guarantee them anything. I, I still don't think that I want a different owner necessarily because nobody else. I mean, you think. I mean, if you could get an owner you know is going to be a Steve Cohen type, then maybe. But I, I still feel I can't imagine you really, really want the Steinbrenners gone. I know there are Yankees who who do feel that way. He still they still spend money. It's a much better argument for me to move on from Brian Cashman than you know be sitting, hoping, wishing, and praying that you got a different owner necessarily. But they could spend more money. Absolutely could. Absolutely could. But they they've spent big. They they've spent big money. Your point at the beginning of your call was your best point. Since 2017, they have failed in the postseason the exact same way. And not enough changes to the offense or how they go about things has been made. But, you know, a lot, I don't think Brian Cashman's the only GM in baseball who would look at a team that led the league and run scored and think if it wasn't for the injuries of the second half, we would have been right there. That's that's what they thought. That's what the owner was sold on. That's what they thought. I think it's faulty logic too, uh, to some degree. But I understand they won ninety nine games, made it to the ALCS, and led the league in run scored. They didn't think they needed to make dramatic changes, uh, and we're seeing that they're wrong. And they still have time to make dramatic changes, in my opinion. But I still like Rizzo. I still like. I, I don't know if Stanton's not going to be the MVP anymore, but he's better than this. 
Rizzo's not going to be the player he was in his prime in Chicago, but he's better than this, right? DJ LeMay is the one guy who really scares me that he's not better than this, and then is Donaldson as well. But if you make a trade for a really good player here, bring Judge back, and have Rizzo and Stanton play to at least the bare minimum of what they should be, plus you've got the great pitching in the bullpen, season's not over, folks. Wake up. The Yankee season isn't over. They're one game out of the wild card, and those things are all plausible. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Six. McMonagle here with you on the fan. I was digging the vibe. Baby, give me one more chance. Digging the vibe there. 877-337-6666. So Sean Casey had a uh, you know press conference or a Zoom meeting with the media, whatever, and he said something that is exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's verbatim what I said the other day. He pretty much said he watched them tape, he watched the games, and he's feeling, you can sense the tension. And I tweeted it immediately as soon as I saw the video of him saying that, that that's, and people misconstrued what I meant. So let me just read the exact tweet just to make sure I have it perfectly exactly as I said it. So, yeah, so Brian Hope tweeted, New York Yankees hitting coach Sean Casey said that he has had lengthy discussions with Aaron Judge, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Volpe, Rizzo, Harrison, Bader. Um, and Casey said that he senses there has been tension among the hitters. So I was that's the, so I said since I heard that Casey was the hire, it's it's as much about I said the exact same thing since I heard that Casey was the hire. It's as much about breaking the tension and changing the mood as it is hitting approach. Now, I'm not saying that that's, it's as much a problem. I'm saying that's the higher. Bringing in Sean Casey is designed to do as, to, to attack the idea of this team being tense and the self fulfilling prophecy of this team failing and failing and failing. He's in there to break the tension and change the mood just as much as he is to help them with the ins and outs of a swing. An approach. I really believe that. If it was just another hitting coach that we never heard the name of, I wouldn't say that. Then it's all about approach. It's all about the it he specifically, the mayor, this guy who is so outgoing and kind of aloof and different and is gonna tell a million stories and is a former teammate of of Aaron Boone and is kind of you know wacky a little bit, and who's someone who's been through the ins and outs of a season, has been a major league veteran, is who's understood what it's like to go through slumps, who can tell them stories. A lot of it is just to change the vibe around the idea that the offense sucks. Because obviously Dylan Lawson couldn't do it. All he had to do was deep digger and uh, you know, dig deeper and deeper into his notebook and try and find answers that weren't there. This is gonna be a refresher. I think that's this particular hire is just as much about that as it is approach. And now I think he's obviously capable of helping with the approach. They wouldn't have hired him if he wasn't capable of that aspect of it. But a lot of it's just to go in there and make them feel good about themselves again, break the tension, you know, change the mood because the vibe around the team sucks. 
The vibe around the offense sucks. The idea that they can't do it without Judge is probably deep into their heads. The offense stinks. The next man up, the next guy behind me is not going to do it because we're all in slumps. I got to do it. Whatever. Whatever the vibe is right now, it's you know it's more than that. Their approach stinks. He also talked about that. Too many easy at-bats, not enough you know working at-bats, deep counts, not enough of those things. Those things need to change too. But a lot of it is just the idea that they realize they suck. They know the fan base is all over this team. And they just need a, a someone to come in with a fresh eye who hasn't been in the storm with them to come in and just go, you guys, it's not as bad as you think. I think that's as, as important as anything. Plus, I love the idea he's growing a mustache so he can – you know, touch, uh, get in touch with his inner, you know, Donnie, Donnie baseball roots because he grew up as a idolizing Don Mattingly. I I love a good mustache. I'm a mustache man. So I'm looking. I I I honestly think there's a chance this helps. I, as crazy as that sounds, and it's when it when I say it, like as it leaves my lips, I'm like Chris, you're an idiot. As it leaves my lips, that I think this could be a a really a game changing hire. But for whatever reason, I kind of have bought into it a little bit. They needed a, a different kind of vibe and a different kind of guy in there. And he mentioned he's going to still use analytics, but he's also going to use his approach. Of course, of course. I get that. He's still got to use analytics. He said, you'd be stupid to turn down information. No, information is, you know, is our lifeblood. Like information is king. So as much information as possible, yes. But, you know, maybe don't give every piece of information to every hitter. You have to judge that. You have to deem that uh, what each guy needs. But you don't turn down information. It's how you deploy it. But just the idea he's going to come in and talk crazy stories. Like, I, I was joking before, but he was like, they showed a clip of him on MLB Network, and they're busting each other's shoes, and he's he's talking about how a guy smelled like cat pee. And it was just ridiculous. It was nonsense. But, like, I think the, they could use a little just bit of ridiculous nonsense in the clubhouse right now. It feels like the tension's really high in there. And it, feel, it feels like they need someone to come in and break the tension. And hopefully he does it. Uh, and I, I think that has a tangible effect on guys, especially veteran guys. They can have someone they can relate to, mess around with, joke around with, tell dull stories about what it was like playing with Boone. Like I think there might be some of that. Howard in Forest Hills. What's up, Howard? Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm a big Honeydew fan. Oh, tremendous. I love Honeydew. I eat a lot for lunch. So big recommendation, just like a peanut butter and jelly. Next time you have Honeydew, try it with prosciutto. Okay? Oh, yeah, no, sure, of course. Prosciutto yeah. and melon. I mean, you have it with Honeydew. You have it with cantaloupe sometimes. But, yeah, Honeydew and melon, of course. I mean, Honeydew and melon. Um, yeah, prosciutto. Prosciutto and melon, yeah, of course. Yeah. I've, I've had it. Prosciutto and Honeydew. Great cup. Yes. A lot of times totally I eat it with, with cheese, different cheese cheeses mm -hmm. at home for lunch. And uh, if you like goat cheese, one of the best is as good as any, if not better than any French goat cheese. There's one from California called Humboldt Fog. It's worth looking up. It's a, Humboldt Fog goat cheese? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, so, I, have no, I have no problem with goat cheese. Love goat cheese. Okay. It's from Northern California. It's top-notch. Try It's addictive. Okay. Okay, and as far as patches go, uh, I was in a hospital for a long time, and I wound up watching a lot of British uh, Premier League soccer, so it's like the opposite of American uniforms. Sure, you and have like, covered, yeah. Yeah, you have like a big advertisement on the shirt, like Fly Emirates or Chevrolet, and you have to search for a little patch to find out what team is playing. So it's yeah, like totally right. the opposite. opposite. Yeah. It's like a, they're like walking billboards. Of course, you know? yeah. And yeah. That, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't want the Yankees to become that. Don't get me wrong. No, no, but no. I'm just saying we have to just understand the realities yeah. of of what's. They're not the first team. The Reds, and, and they're not like the first historic team with classic uniforms. The Red Sox have done it. The Dodgers have done it. Right. I know the Yankees pinstripes are special. I'm not trying to it's diminish tradition. that, but it's yeah, tradition. Yeah, right. but, but the British, I understand. Totally reversed. They don't care. You know, a long time. Yeah, and look, look who owns the British teams. The top, you know, uh, Middle East oil companies, mm -hmm. uh, Russian oligarchs, and all that. Whatever. It's totally different. Another funny thing in England is uh, they have team songs, and some of them are weird. Like uh, from Carousel, they sing "You Never Could Walk Alone," and for some reason, I think it's Liverpool. They sing "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." I mean, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now with music, I grew up with the 60s and 70s music, right? Right. So I like a lot of guitarists. So recommendations. Uh, 
uh, with Clapton, right? Yeah. Uh, his live album with Derek, Derek, and, Derek and the Dominoes. Derek and the Dominoes had a live album? Oh, yes, from the Fillmore East. Listen okay. to that. Okay. Because the thing is, the second guitarist with Derek and the Dominoes was a great slide guitarist, Dwayne Allman, mm-hmm. okay, from the Allman Brothers. Yep. So on the live album, uh, whenever you have a good guitarist and they have a live album, they get to solo more, so sure. out more, and the sound quality is top notch. So look for that. I didn't, know, that, I didn't know they had a live album. I yep. thought it, I just figured yep. it was uh, Layla. Yep. I didn't. I thought that was yep. the only thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you know the whole story, the backstory for Layla? The backstory of the song Layla? No, the whole album. Um, I mean, I no. I I mean, other than Layla, you know, for George Harrison's wife Patty, I know. Right. I, I know the that. whole album is about. Unrequited love yeah. from a Persian. Uh, I think later there's like some uh, Persian mythology or something like that. Okay. Every single song of that's about yeah. un- unrequited. I read Clapton's yeah. uh, autobiography and uh, yeah, it's, it's you know. It's, well, I mean, it's, like, a, it's a phenomenal album, and he had he had mm-hmm. in my opinion he had two of it's what's weird with Clapton because he was in so many different bands, but like right. I, I mean, Blind Faith and Derek and the Dominoes. Right. Each, just to put it, they only put out one album each, and I think they're they're as good as anything Clapton's done. I, they're just right. they're both phenomenal. And Stevie Winwood is one of the great singers in rock history. Not, I, not I, only that, he's a good guitarist also, and also the big mark that he made was with the Spencer Davis right. group. Give me some, some love, yeah, yeah. And I started off with Clapton uh, with Cream, and uh, right. and he did the, he was even in the Yardbirds before that, but um, exactly, yeah, yeah exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, so listen, I, I hope I proved I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I I am a, a rock connoisseur uh, when it comes to classic rock. I know Eric uh, Eric Clapton. But yeah, listen, I love the Derek. I didn't know they did an album. I've never seen, never heard of uh, a live album from Derek and the Dominoes. I didn't know that existed. So I got to look into that, sure. Love Derek and the Dominoes. Love Blind Faith. Love those two albums. Um, very, very good. And then Clapton Solo too, is is great. Cream, I didn't really, you know, I know the couple of songs from Cream. I never listened to like an entire Cream album, but I know Clapton is God uh, and all that stuff. Great guitarist, obviously. I'll tell you the truth. I think, and if you ask Eric Cla- Clapton, because he's talked about it a little bit, you know who's like a current, like underrated guitar player is John Mayer. Uh, you wouldn't think so, John Mayer. I, I would think by most people is like, you know, Your Body is a Wonderland and thought of as like a, a love song writer and a singer songwriter, but. He's a tremendous guitar player. Uh, Joey in the Bronx. What's up, Joey? How you doing there? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm uh, wondering about the uh, uh, Barkley there and, and, and the front office there. You know, show, show the man the money. Show, you know. So you want him? You want him? About. You want him paid? No matter. You just want to. You want to give him what he wants. Yes. And okay. they they read down because they want to see what the other uh, running backs are getting, you know. Show them in the No, we see what the other running backs are getting, and it's not much. That's what we're, we're seeing that. The Giants aren't the only ones not paying their quarterbacks. I mean, um, what's his name out with the Raiders had uh, had an unbelievable year, got tagged. Pollard with the Cowboys had a great year, got tagged. These guys are getting tagged. Yeah, but you know what? Let me tell you, sir. When when the when they don't have uh, a Barkley in, in the backfield next year and this season coming up, they're going they, to. They, they're not worried. They're not worried about uh, uh, the quarterback. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Daniel Jones. Jones. Because he, he only threw fifteen touchdown passes. You know, so then so the defense yeah. is, is is not going to put nine nine people. Uh, 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 well, the Giants just the Giants just paid him like he is the top quarterback in the league, and he ran for eight touchdown passes. Uh, ran for eight touchdowns himself. Uh, I I understand what you're saying, but I don't expect the Giants to just pay Saquon Barkley whatever he wants. I don't. I, it's it's going to be he's going to have to come to an understanding because he's not going to sit out. He's going to play this year for the Giants. Have no fear. He's going to be in the backfield for the Giants this year. The question is, will it be under the tag or will it be under a contract, and will, be, will he be necessarily happy about it? But he's going to be there. I, I just can't imagine him willing to risk sitting out the season. We saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. It didn't really do him any favors. And he's already had a, a devastating knee injury. He's He's been unable to stay healthy. It's going to be one more year. It's going to be a year without playing. What kind of contract do you think he's going to get next year? It's going to be the same running back market. And I talked about this earlier. The highest paid running back in the league is, is Christian McCaffrey, now with the 49ers. He obviously signed the contract with the Panthers three years ago. 
the hot, the the biggest contract handed out to a running back was three years ago. Other positions, every single year, it doesn't matter who it is, the the per, the next person at that position to hit free agency beats the last person. It, it, I mean, every year, at the quarterback position, we see it. It's just who's up next. He's going to get the most money. With Daniel Jones, that was part of the reasoning why the contract made sense. Part of the reasoning why why uh, the Daniel Jones contract that we were all like I was somebody screaming, oh, how do you make how do you pay him forty million dollars? Blah blah blah. I was told, don't worry. By the time the next three quarterbacks hit free agency in the next year and a half, they're gonna he's gonna be way down the pay scale because everybody coming after him is gonna make more money. That it's pretty much if you're a quarterback, you're a starting quarterback in this league. When you hit free agency, you're gonna break the bank and you're gonna be the next guy. That's how it works. The running back position, it's been three years. And it's every other running back who hits it hits the market is getting tagged. And nobody's coming near the McCaffrey contract. It's going in the opposite direction. John in North, North Arlington. I don't know why that became a uh, tongue twister for me, but it did. John, what's up? How's everything, Chris? Good. How are you, buddy? Good. Not bad. I just want to make a couple points about the Mets and then one quick point about the Knicks. Sure. So the Mets, I want to uh, say is the blame starts with Steve Cohen because one of the reasons why is he came in, he guaranteed a World Series in five years. He did. We're probably more further away now than we are then, right? Mm. We have no Steve Harvey's, no DeGroms, no Syndergaard coming up in the... Uh, yeah, Matt Harvey, no yeah. uh, Syndergaard coming up. I mean, up we, we don't, yeah, we don't even have any family feud hosts. Yes, and, and also, we have nothing... Like, if we don't make the playoffs this year, then what's his response going to be to the fans? I get it. He spent the money. That's what he's going to say. Sometimes you have to spend the money wisely. Well, I, I, well, who did he sign that you didn't like? Well, I mean, Verlander has been horrendous. Well, okay? I don't know about horrendous. He's not been the he's not been the Cy Young Award winner from last year. But were you and, were you screaming terrible signing when they brought him here? I mean, he's 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 in his forties. You got to understand. Younger. I understand, but and then know, also, it's not a when we missed deal out on Korea. We, if it wasn't for Alvarez, we would still have no right-handed bat. We're missing a right-handed power. The best bat thing that ever well. happened to the Mets was not signing Correa. He's been awful. So well, I mean, thing, we lost him. So even though it's best not signing, we're still missing a power bat anyway. Yeah, but I, look, it's the same. It's the same team pretty much that that won 101 games. I don't know if they're further away now than when Steve Cohen took ownership for one simple reason: Steve Cohen is now the owner. So they're not further away than when the Wilpons were the owner. That's for sure. You'd much rather have Steve Cohen be the owner. I mean, come on. I, I think it's a bit much to get on to get on Cohen already. He he's willing to write the checks. That's it. The decisions were. I mean, you brought they they spent money on their own guys pretty much, right? They signed um, Nimmo. They signed. Uh, uh, they had to bring in a starting pitcher to, to make up for Degrom, so they brought in Verlander on a high price but short term deal. They they signed McNeil. Like it, it, they signed, um, you know, different guys. That's they spent their money. It's it, it's the highest payroll in baseball. The team is pretty good. They've had an underachieving thing. They lost their closer, so the bullpen sucks right now. That's really the one area for me when you look at a team with this high payroll. The bullpen is atrocious. They couldn't find another couple of arms who could come in and, and throw a couple of dynamic pitches at you because they have no one with stuff at all. Even their closer, who's having a great year in Robertson, doesn't really have great stuff. Like they have no one who comes in and you know you you feel confident would get a couple strikeouts with runners on on scoring position. Like there's nobody there. You know maybe on a good day Adovino against the right-handed pit, the right-handed hitter with that slider maybe. But even then he's having a down year. Adovino is one of the pick you know one of the poster boys of the idea that relievers are up and down year to year. He's the king of great year eh, great year eh. But. I don't know if uh, you're ready to kill the owner. He writes the checks. He's changed everything. He's 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 been willing to you know trade for Lindor and pay him. He's bringing bringing Max Scherzer, and that's really the big one for me. That's when I felt like, wow, this is a different group. To bring in a Hall of Fame pitcher and pay him that kind of money, forty three whatever it is million dollars a year, I was like, whoa. I understand trading for Lindor and giving him three hundred forty million or whatever it was three hundred twenty million dollars. That's a that's a pretty good sign too. 
But out of nowhere to sign a, a 40-year-old, a 38-year-old pitcher who's a Hall of Fame guy for that kind of money was impressive. And now it's obviously been the bane of your existence because he's been bad in every big spot. But the owner's not the problem. We know that. The owner's not the problem. Right now they just they didn't put the team together great. They still have the DH issue. They still have the bullpen issue. The starting rotation's been a problem. Max Scherzer hasn't been good in a big spot. Verlander hasn't been good. Quintana's been hurt. McGill was bad when in replacing him. Cookie Carrasco has been up and down at best and injured. Like they've just been dealing, you know, it hasn't worked out. But I, I don't know, I, you know, I know Sal was screaming about this earlier today. You can't blame the owner. Not yet. Not yet. And he does everything you'd possibly want to do. He's willing to spend the money. I mean, he was willing to get Correa before the before the injury and the reports came back. He's willing to do everything it takes to win. He's making trades and eating money so he gets better prospects. He's doing everything you could possibly want from an owner. There's nothing he hasn't done. Has it gone perfect? No, they won 101 games last year. They didn't win enough games this year, assuming the season's not over. But, hey, I, what it looks like. But what has he done that you – what is he – he does everything you could possibly ask in an owner. Be willing to write the checks and that's – I mean, and have a desire to win. He's Those are the only two things. I don't know what else. Hold the GM accountable and you know what? He's going to hire a new president of baseball operations. So he's going to do that too. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.